Welcome, everyone, to Metaphysical. Mirages, UFOs, strange winds, and stones. No, this isn't the set of a sci-fi movie, but a site visited by thousands of people every year. The mysterious, little-known Lake Michigan. Did you know that it has its own Bermuda Triangle? Did you know there's more to the Great Lakes than meets the eye? Well, join remote viewer John Vivanco and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a metaphysical show today that's out of this world. Yeah, that's awesome. The, um, the triangle. I mean, I don't know how many other inland lakes can boast that. Yeah, yeah. It, it has its own strange triangle. And I think we may have discovered that it's a lot more than a triangle. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> or the triangle is bigger than we thought for sure. Right. Right, exactly. Why are these triangles over water? Are they over water? Well, no, actually not. You've got the Bennington. Not all of them. That What's that one in Massachusetts? The I think Bridgewater. it's the Bennington. Or Bridgewater. Bridgewater Triangle, yeah. Right. Bridgewater. So you got stuff on land. Okay, all right. Well, well hey, um, everyone out there, if you're listening to the Metaphysical Podcast, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review so you can help us reach more people with this podcast. That's our goal, right? And um before we get started, I just kind of want to make sure everybody knows what remote viewing is. We kind of start the show with that every time. We want people to kind of know what that is. John, why don't you go ahead and, and take it away? Yeah, you know, it's that whole psychic powers sort of thing that we all actually have. It's, uh, and it's, it's, it's been turned into a protocol and a methodology uh, where you basically... Uh, use non-local information gathering. In other words, you're not using your five senses. You're using your sixth sense to describe and find things um, out in the universe, things that we can't see, touch, taste, smell, whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole methodology that was developed in the 1970s by Stanford Research Institute, funded by the CIA, turned into a big military black project program and actually continues to this day. Yes, and but if we use that, sometimes it's irrelevant, though, in our conversations. It's funny. It's like, well, sometimes we dip in and out of remote viewing. Otherwise, it's like there's so much stuff, there's like so much weird stuff. I, I literally can't I can't keep up. It's like there's always a new thing to remote view. Constant, yeah. constant, constant. And it's like I've been doing this 25 years and and there's always there's always like new things that I have to start remote viewing because it's just, it's a I very, haven't gotten to it yet for some yeah. weird reason. And, and that's also a, a very metaphysical world that we live in. I think a lot of people think that this world is just, you know, surface superficial stuff. And there are too many unexplainable things. Well, most people are materialists, count. right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're taught to be materialists. If we can't, you know, ah, bite it, touch it, smell it, whatever, it doesn't exist. That's all there is to it. Yeah, it's a it's a strange it's a strange argument that was brought into the conversation in the 1900s that just uh, 1800s, you could argue. But, um, you know, well, hopefully this show helps uh, make people. I, 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 I smell that you were just about to go down this track. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, no, it's going to take too long. <laughs> we're turning. We're turning there. Yeah, we're turning there. All right. Turn the aircraft carrier around. <laughs> right. Well, uh, okay. So, John, before we get into the, the extreme, like there are so many things going on with Lake Michigan. I kind of want to yeah. bring you a few, a few, of, uh, a few of these things. 
Um, so first there is the Petoskey stone. Is, did I pronounce that right? The Petoskey yeah, stone? Yeah. Petoskey. Okay, so this is Michigan's state stone. And what's significant about this stone um, is that it, this stone only exists on Lake Michigan. It's the only place that this stone exists. You can't find it anywhere else in the world. Do we know how that was formed? Yeah, and so it's composed of fossilized coral. All right. So, so it's a, obviously it's not just a stone, but we're talking about like fossilized coral over a long period of time. Wow, so it looks like out. it's been fossilized and then smoothed out over By a water. rock tumbler, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really so interesting. Coral. coral. So, so we're talking about, uh, well, do we have coral growing in fresh water? Uh, there must be so. freshwater coral, right? Is there? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Lindsay can answer that for us at some point. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is that's an interesting thing, though, actually. I mean, especially if there is no freshwater coral. I'm sure there is, though. Well, yeah, and, and it, like, yeah, was this a part of a greater ocean at one point? But from my understanding, the, the Great Lakes have grown over time from glacier right. melting and, and, you know... Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, so it's postulated that there was a massive ice wall. You say like 9,000, 10,000 years ago, there was a massive ice wall just north of the Great Lakes. And so the Great Lakes were, were not Great Lakes at that point. They were very small lakes and a number of them. They and were then once that started great to melt, lakes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got upgraded. Right. <laughs> so yeah there there's uh the, the, you know this is michigan's uh state stone actually rightly so and um you know there's there's some other strange things too like like these um uh these ice balls that that are are that occur i don't know actually what to call this but these huge ice balls um appear on lake michigan i mean it's very cold up there you know, being as close to Canada as it is. And um, yeah, take a, take a look at these. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? Like uh, usually when I see ice in in an area, I mean, we're talking about ice that is just chunk chunky ice, like all different sizes, very random looking. And these are like these rolled out strange balls. Oh, it looks like we've got a an AI dog that's going to attack us probably for looking into what we are. Um, that's what popped up on screen for a second, guys, for those of you listening. Yeah, the the the, the ice stones are, are kind of weird. The ice stones are really weird. I mean, all of this stuff is ice is actually very, very new to me. I grew up in the sunnier parts of this, the country. And wait, you know, like California or? Yeah, California. I grew up there. But then I lived in New York for a bit, but I'd avoid the winters. Right. Um, and then and then living in San Francisco, Bay Area, lived up there. Um, but mostly sunny stuff. Now I live in the, I live closer to Canada than I ever thought I would at this point. And ice, like, I'm just not used to this stuff. Snow, I freak out. I, I literally freak out if I've got to drive anywhere. I'm just, I, I turn into a nervous wreck for a couple of days. It's terrible. That's funny. It's, it's not. Hey guys, I looked it up and coral is not found in freshwater. It's only found in saltwater, actually. That's super weird. So that that means that the Great Lakes were a part of a much different landscape in the world, I assume, right? Right. How did they become freshwater if they were saltwater? How does that even happen? 
I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you think about, okay, so how the Great, Great Lakes were formed was from the ice sheets uh, during the Ice Age, melting of the Ice Age. So we're talking about 9,000 years ago. Hmm. So this would have had to have been formed pre-Ice Age, right? Yeah. I mean, this would this would be who knows how old. Um, or or was this a species? Yeah, was this ago? a species of coral that was freshwater at some point and it just died out? It could have been. It could have been an extinct coral, right? Could have been. That's weird. Right. Yeah, that is very strange. Weird to think about. Well, you know, I mean, in Arizona, in the California desert, et cetera, you, you'll find um, in Utah, you'll find fossils on the top of mountains, you know, 10,000 feet up. You'll find fossils or, uh, from uh, ocean shells, seashells. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So this earth was covered by a massive ocean at one point. Yeah, or or we have stuff rising and sinking at different right. points in right. in the shifts, I guess, in the in the the tectonic plates or something. Right, right. That that's also a thing. I mean, when you think about how old the Earth is and what we can actually measure in time, ah, uh, I mean, this could have looked like anything. I mean, think about Antarctica now. It's even it's inconceivable to think that Antarctica was a jungle, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's been in a deep freeze for, I don't know, tens of thousands and tens of thousands and tens of thousands of years, right? And then think about what sort of civilizations lived back then and what is in that deep freeze at the moment. It's hard to conceive of what this totally. planet looked like. I mean, even during the dinosaurs, know, 40, 40 million years ago, right? Keeps me up at night, John. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like thinking about it. Like, no, I'll just I know, me too. It. It's like, <laughs> I know. It's weird. Okay, so all right, it, you know, um, another strange thing is this thing called the seven winds. I mean, we just saw those ice balls, right? So there's unique stuff happening in the lake, but there's also strange icy sand formations that occur because of the winds in um, in Lake or on Lake Michigan. And I mean, look at some of these photos. Like this is like people. This is so weird. What? It almost looks like divine beings are are playing games with us. Like this is like pottery that they're making out of sand. That's this insane. Rose and sand. So you so so this is literally formed by the wind. Naturally formed. This and, and Lindsay, the second link, pull that. There there are various images, uh, close ups of this sand, and it literally looks like pottery when you're when you're spinning it and you're building it up and it's like not yet symmetrical it's very very fascinating looking um so what you have here is a sand that's been solidified it's been hardened look at and that and the wind erodes the looser sand right that yes. must be what it is the wind is eroding it, it and yeah it has to be forms. this is amazing isn't it it looks like it looks like certain rock formations that you see in the southwestern United States, right? In sand, in a in a micro format, on the on like the the coast of of the Great Lake, and it's frozen. Wow, wow, that's insane. Yeah, and this we haven't even gotten into the really weird stuff yet. This is like just naturally this is occurring. Weird. Yeah, this is right. yeah. Oh yeah, gosh, and and okay, and and you know like. I actually, I want to hit mirages first before we hit the, the Michigan Triangle because it starts to get really weird when we hit the Michigan Triangle. And did you know that there are mirages on the Great Lake? 
and and actually i have my own theory of what mirages actually are what john do you think that mirages are um i think it's when you're really thirsty in the desert and you imagine um an oasis. that's funny <laughs> that's literally what i think of when you bring up mirages i literally think of old bugs bunny cartoons i think it's much more complicated than that because my understanding my understanding started out as bugs bunny cartoons right well i'm still at that level of understanding <laughs> okay so no check this out okay it, it, in order for mirages to occur, there has to be some type of some type of recipe in the distance of gases, physical like physical type of substance and gases mixing in order to make the appearance of something. Right. What if instead of it being more like you know Bugs Bunny? Just like somebody being like hallucinating, hallucinating. in the desert, which, yeah. you know, that's a hallucination. That's not a mirage. Okay. Right. What if a mirage instead was this strange mix of, of substances that actually provide a lens through into another dimension? And that's what you're seeing. Right. Because people will see actual cities in those mirages, not just right. like normal mirage. And they start walking towards them and they find out there's nothing there. Right. Right. What if right. in these deserts in another dimension or something, you're just getting a hole or seeing something in another dimension. And then, you know, do I have any, any evidence to back this up? No, I'm trying to explain the unexplainable here, but it could just be like, you know, that, that strange. A lens, it could you know, be a yeah. lens into another dimension at a certain moment in time. It's got the right condition, right. Glad or right. Lighting, right. Gases. Cause you will see weird stuff on the ocean. Uh, way out at the horizon, when the sun is uh, certain, at a certain point of setting, you'll see these big block-like forms sometimes. Uh, when I was living on the ocean, you could you could literally see that stuff. So what do we there, the, And what's strange is the Great Lakes serve like that, like a like like an ocean, right? And Lindsay, are you going to actually play this? Book? I know. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. Car. Boy, what a break! No, it was a barrage. See, that's that's how I think of mirages. This must be a more recent Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon because that was not his original voice. No, it doesn't, it's definitely right. not. Well, anyway, Lindsay, can you pull up the article about the real mirages that are occurring on Lake Michigan? Because there's a lot to look at over there. The Petoskey News um, article, that first one you can pull up first. And... Um, yeah, it's like you can see these photos that are taken of the mirages in the distance formulating, and it's uh, it's very strange-looking stuff. There should be some photos if you scroll down a little bit more. Um, why is this not? Okay. Maybe go on to the next article, Lindsay, if this is giving you trouble. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know, like there's some strange, um, I, I don't know what to call it, but you can see them almost floating above the horizon. And they're just right. these formulations of something in the distance, rock formations. I don't even know, but right. they're very, very strange. No, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that on the ocean. I've seen, yeah, like, well, that, that looks like a Photoshop. That is actually, that is actually <laughs> Chicago. That or that's Chicago. There that is, that's, that's not actually right. Chicago. Right. 
But I've, I know that there are phenomena that happen like that, not as detailed. Um, you can't see the land. You just see these structures in the buildings. I've seen it in the Pacific Ocean, actually. And that's very bizarre. There you go. There, this is not Chicago. I think this is... See, look, the second one down, he's got the barrage right there. See that? Yeah, it's like on a cloud, right? Right. And that's really weird. Like, what if the mirage in, is like a magnification of that city in the distance and it's just showing? Well, here's the closer. thing. I mean, like if you got if you went to the um, to the triangle area, would you have an increase in mirages? Could you do a study on mirages in the Great Lake there? And, and, and various locations where you have the most mirages occurring. Like, would you find that most of the mirages occur when you're viewing towards the uh, triangle? It's a good question. Because that would is, be weird. This is, I believe, I don't know where Warren Dunes are, right? But this must be looking towards, because he's, he's showing us the difference here. There's one here that shows what a city looks like looming on the horizon. And then below is the mirage, which right. is, Above the clouds, you see the silhouette of a city that isn't there. It's weird. weird. Yeah, that's really weird. That's very weird. Okay, now, speaking of the triangle, we got to get into the triangle now. Okay, yeah. There's so much weird stuff with the triangle. Yeah, yeah. The triangle. Tell us about the triangle. Okay, so... Um, here over here we've got you know like um the triangle actually doesn't touch chicago we're about to look at a, a photo uh for those of you who are watching on video of the lake michigan triangle it's also called the michigan triangle and um it basically goes from um the mid mid great lake lake michigan across and then down on the on the um east coast of the of the lake and then back up to the west coast and if you scroll down lindsay there's a photo of the lake michigan triangle here there it is okay so you can see that um like a lot of the weird phenomena happens in this area. And you can see Chicago at the bottom left. And actually we're gonna hone in on Chicago in our second episode here. But Muskegon, which is to the right, you see that Muskegon right there? Yeah. That's where probably the most significant UFO sighting ever has been recorded. And I'll go into a little bit of that later in the episode. Um, but this right here is um, is the is the Michigan Triangle where most of the strange phenomena has happened. Now, if you scroll down a little bit, Lindsay, we can actually just go through some of these strange things here. Okay, so it's so kind first. of akin to um, uh, the amount of phenomena that happens there, akin to like the Bermuda Triangle, right? I mean, it's it's supposed to be a ton of weird disappearances in that area, right? Yes, and there are a lot of parallels to the, the Bermuda Triangle, especially right. when we consider what may be under Lake Michigan. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, so so a lot of the phenomena, you know, we covered er, like earlier on Metaphysical, um, we covered a phenomena uh, of, a, of a ghost ship called the Mary Celeste, right? And the Mary Celeste was a very interesting 
case, probably the most famous case of a ghost ship appearing on sea, nobody there, no evidence. And, and we attempted to figure out what, what happened, right? Well, there are three to, or four strange ship and or plane right. appearances in this area on the triangle. Right. And uh, Lindsay, if you can pull that article back up, <clears throat> we'll go through these really quick. Um, so we have the, um, the, I think it's called the La Rosa, which is the first one. And uh, the Rosabella, excuse me, the Rosabella ship mystery. Okay, so this is in 1921, right? 11 people inside the Rosabella ship disappear and their ship was found overturned in Lake Michigan. Right. Okay, this is the weird part. The ship had been damaged in a collision, but no other ship had been reported and uh, had reported an accident and no other wreck was ever found. Right. So how did the ship get damaged? Well, I mean, you know, sea monsters. <laughs> or or UFOs, right? The first thing we'll go to. Think about how big sturgeons get. I mean, those things are huge. They can get so But huge. are there sturgeons in, in Lake Michigan? Oh yeah. That big? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. There are. I mean it's a it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an ocean. Who knows what's down? Look at that. Well, that that can't turn over a ship like that, but that's a huge fish. Yeah, it depends on how big the ship was too, right? I could turn over my rowboat, I'll tell you that. We're talking about 1921, so it was probably right. like a big ship that was hauling a significant amount of stuff, right? Right, right. I don't think a sturgeon could do that. Not one that size anyway. Well, I mean, see, the, uh, logically, I go down the first step of sea monsters. So mm -hmm. first we go into sea monsters, and then we go into more like plausible explanations. So what do we have on the side of sea monsters in the lake? I, that's a good question. Isn't there a Nessie-type monster in Lake Michigan? I didn't hear that. I mean, I know there's one in um, Lake Champlain. Uh, I didn't in... hear that there was one in Michigan. Maybe Lindsay okay. can look that up for us. Um, but, but gosh, the, the sturgeon is gigantic. It's huge, right? They I get pretty big. That. Now I don't know like how big those guys can get, but could one of those guys conceivably knock a ship over if I got pissed off enough? That would feed Nessie. a family for like two weeks. <laughs> Bessie, the Loch Ness monster of Lake Erie. That's Erie though. That's like right, right. above, you know. Well, Ohio. you know, if Erie's got it, then, you know, Lake Michigan's got it. This they is have no, to. They're all they <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Just, well, yeah, maybe the Lake Michigan one is called like, <laughs> um, Okay, pu pulling that article back up, there was also a strange disappearance of one Captain Donner. All right, now the, this this here outlines kind of what's going on. The bizarre case of Captain Donner is one of the more mysterious triangle cases. On April 28, 1937, Captain Donner vanished from his cabin after guiding his ship through icy waters. Huh. The captain went to his cabin to rest, and about three hours later, a crew member went to alert him that they were nearing the port. Right. The door was locked from the inside. The mate broke into the cabin, only to find that it was empty, and a search turned up no clues, and Donner just disappeared. That's really... Uh, that, now, that's a good one to remote view. He scrolled out. like put that aside and like remote view that one because that's a very curious one that's and very very curious do we know what he was hauling no i mean no. we would have to look into this individually right it's just yeah. another one of the cases of weird ship stuff happening and now i mean what's what's most bizarre about this right is like no captain that values his own life is going to leave his room 
and throw himself overboard in icy waters. Right. Right. No, right. no one's going to do that. So where the heck did the captain go? Right. Where did he go? And why would he do that after he guided the ship through icy waters? Obviously, right. he was trying to save everybody and the ship from the icy waters. Where did right. this guy go? Right. Right. That's... Are there any theories out there? No, probably not. I mean, this I happened think, in the 1800s, it's, right? It's a, it's a mystery. People, yeah. people cannot figure out what happened to Captain Donner. Hmm. You know, and I mean, we, we would need to look in and, and dive hard into evidence on that. And find out where he was sailing. Where, where was he sailing through? Have been what did he have? Disappearances there. And, you know, what was he carrying? And, and we view it. It'll, it would be easy to view this one. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, I think it would. Um, okay. So coming back to that article. Okay, now this is the strange one, right? The disappearance of Northwest Flight 2501. Okay, so one of the most mysterious cases over Lake Michigan, this article is, is giving us all of this, by the way, you guys, just to note our source here. Um, I think this is, what, clickondetroit.com? I think that's what it is. Anyway, yes. um, so one of the most mysterious cases over Lake Michigan happened in 1950 when Northwest Flight... 2501 was carrying 58 people and crashed into Lake Michigan. The plane was never found. Right. The, the, the fuselage was never found. They found debris, but they didn't find the plane. The pilot had requested to descend to 2,500 feet because of a severe electrical storm, which was lashing the lake with high velocity winds when the plane disappeared from radar. To this day, the plane wreckage has not been found, and the cause of the crash remains unknown. So did they just, did it disappear? Okay, now this is the strangest part. About two hours after the last communication with Flight 2501, two police officers reported seeing a strange red light hovering over Lake Michigan and disappearing after 10 minutes, leading some to believe a UFO was to blame. Yeah. Well... I mean, I'd blame that UFO too. Um, right. <laughs> here's the thing with this. I mean, there, they did find um, oil slicks. They found bodies, some bodies and debris floating on the surface in the area, but they never found like the fuselage of the plane. They never found, you know, but the majority that... of it. So where is it? Where did it go? Right. Like, I mean, you, would have, you know where to look, basically, if it sank. I mean, maybe right. maybe not. Maybe Lake Michigan's too big. I, you know, that's I have no idea. I mean, I mean, people do all sorts of really interesting sonar stuff in the ocean using side scan sonar and stuff like that in the ocean and find all sorts of interesting things. And it seems to be a pretty consistent thing of going out and finding what you're looking for with sonar in the ocean dragging it. But it seems like in Lake Michigan, it either doesn't happen too often, or people aren't interested in doing it, or it's just too difficult for some reason, right? Because you'd think with all of the crazy stuff that goes on there, all of the ships that are sinking, you'd have a ton of people out there doing something, universities, whatever, trying to find these, locate these places, these because it's worth a lot of money. Right, these boats, these ships, they could be worth a lot of money. So, what's stopping, or what is going on in in, in searching for this stuff? Um, now, as far as that airplane goes, that's a curious thing. I mean, that's a full-on Bermuda Triangle 
kind of situation, isn't it? I mean, what happened to the plane? Did, did it just like, did half blow through a portal and the other half just sort of like fell to the ground or they just never found it because they didn't really look that hard? And so the, this is what strange is like the, okay. It would be one thing if it was like just an electromagnetic storm, right? But right. we have, in addition to an electromagnetic storm, which is mysterious in and of itself in terms of what it can do and what it can't do, we don't know. We've got also a very strange red light that appears for about 10 minutes and then the plane's never found. Right. So, you know, and, and again, it's like, this evidence that we're finding about Lake Michigan, it's compounding more and more into a greater mystery that we don't understand because right. this isn't the first UFO sighting on Lake Michigan. And the UF, the, the biggest UFO sighting on Lake Michigan, which is was in Muskegon, is potentially the strangest and most and and like the most interesting. UFO sighting I've ever researched. Why? Because they got it on radar and no one can explain it. For the first time they got it on radar and dude, okay, some of the data around this specific Muskegon UFO sighting, there were over 300 calls from Seriously? All, all over that area. And there are 83 counties in Michigan and 42 of them reported seeing something from 42 wow. different counties. Everyone saw the same stuff. Seriously. How do you deny? And the weather. Okay. The guy who, who was at, um, I can't remember the company. It was the weather um, station in the area. Okay. Like the national weather station in the area. Like a national weather service radar yep. uh, location. Yeah, yeah. It was national yeah. weather service. Okay. He recorded this on radar and he's a so very- So they got their weather radar running. What year was this? Oh, this was 1994. 94. Okay. So they've got their weather, weather radar running and he picks up something. So he's got it logged. So he's got it logged and he see, he's, he's getting phone calls and he's seeing stuff that he himself can't explain. And he's extremely science-minded. So is so, he, all, he's also seeing stuff with his eyes or is he just on the I'm pretty sure he saw stuff as well. He saw it, but he got it on radar and then it, it, it changed his life because he, he doesn't believe this stuff. Right. But that night something happened that he couldn't explain. And it got so hot the news was going all across the country. It got so hot that he had to leave his job and find a job at another weather service in Georgia because he was basically getting blamed for all of this. And it was like, yeah. I just recorded what I found on radar. Like, that's so it. What, like, what was seen? What was seen by the witnesses? Now, this is the, the craziest part. It, it was like everyone saw these, like, it was like five, three to five different objects metal bottom lights all around this thing cylindrical lights all around this thing some green some red some whatever regular light hovering in one place slowly moving across the trees and then sometimes even breaking out into like four or five other objects wow right? moving very slowly really? and and it, and it went on for for a long time like it's not even a short amount of time right 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 okay now 
like we're talking about a, a bunch of different people and phone calls recorded coming into 911 in these different areas where people are like, look, hey, you know, this is really embarrassing for me to even report this, but like there are some lights in the sky and we can't really understand what these things are. Right. Like, is everything okay? Is it like the you, is it the air force? Is it whatever? And then the guy in the other line is kind of like, there's something going on up there. Right. You know, like, and, and <laughs> alluding to it being like, um, they're definitely out there and it's not us. Right. Right. Thing. Right. Okay. Now the strangest, the st absolute strangest account from this that I could find was some, there was a couple that was sleeping by the lake. This was in March. Okay. There's a couple sleeping by the lake and they see one of these objects hovering over the lake in a stream of water. That's 20 feet wide stretching up to the, the, uh, craft. Right. Almost as if it's, I don't know what the way I looked at it, it was like, was it transferring the hydrogen into fuel? You know, there's, there, there are a lot of these types of, uh, of witness reports where they'll see a UFO sucking water up into it. Um, you know, and think about it. It's like, it's a resource. And so this stuff is going to happen. And what actually I find really curious and my intuition is sort of tingling with this particular one. And we're going to remote view this. We absolutely have to remote view to find out what was going on here. So when you get into a, a UFO situation like this, and then somebody sees water getting sucked up into a UFO, it starts to like, like what I'm feel, what I begin to feel is like, these guys are kind of a little bit new to earth. They're not necessarily cloaking. They're just like here quickly to grab some resources. They're looking around for what they can take because they're moving on to the next thing. I mean, that's kind of like what I just start feeling when you're telling me the story, because mm. when you get into the like the gray alien abduction phenomena, they don't necessarily show up like that. They're a little bit more secretive, silent Way behind the here. scenes. And the ones that are used to dealing with Earth, they usually cloak themselves quite a bit. Right. So that they're not seen. So it's weird that that this would be so so seen by everybody picked up on radar. These these guys must have been just like guys walking through the neighborhood from another city or something. And they don't even know how, you know, the, the crowd here reacts to them. So they're like just doing what they do. Oh, well, oh sorry. I didn't mean to get in the middle of your little parade here sort of thing, you know. So that's interesting. That's an interesting story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I think just like, you know, now you guys at home, if you want to check out, check this out, there is an unsolved mysteries about the Muskegon UFO, um, uh, you know, event, and you can check it out. And it's very interesting. It's very compelling. And the way that they show it, it really leaves you, you know, I'd be interested to know if there were abductions around it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like when we when we look for remote viewing taskings on things, we look for things where there are knowns involved so that we can task off of a known. So, for instance, if there's an eyewitness account, eyewitness accounts are really good. The radar actually is very, very good to task on because we can say, you know, do a basic tasking of, of describe what this is yeah, ultimately. Yeah. And we've got something to reference. Um, that's the best thing to task on. And, and then if you have abductions on top of it, that's another uh, excellent thing to task on. There's see, so the thing much. Is, is that people make things up all the time. They do. 
and, and they will just concoct these types of stories. So having physical data radar, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, it's definitely something. There's so about. much there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, there's a meme that Lindsay just brought up, and it says aliens watching season 2022 of Earth, and it went from pandemic to World War Three in less than two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know if we want to go down that path. We're not going there, but it's a funny meme. <laughs> okay, now you know the 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 strangest the strangest thing about Lake Michigan before we move on to um, our next episode is something called the Lake Michigan Stonehenge. Right. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, Lindsay, I think in the Michigan triangle uh, article, the very bottom one is about, it's a, it's a sum of, of kind of what's going on with the Lake like the Lake Michigan Stonehenge. And I think John has a lot more information about this whole thing. If you could pull that up, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at it and <clears throat> here it is. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is that this thing is in the triangle. It is in the triangle. In the triangle. Yes. So, so what does that mean? Well, well, what's <laughs> super bizarre, like if you guys haven't watched our uh, previous metaphysical episode on portals we actually try to understand them a lot more and what they're doing and what we determined is that like you know maybe john you can speak to this better than i can but what i recall from that episode is that some of these stonehenge like objects were civilizations trying to remember from a previous yeah they're trying to replicate yeah and replicate a portal like device is that right, right? Exactly. So here you have, you have a confluence of ley lines or telluric energy, where they form these node points of, of earth energy. And then on top of that, you have some kind of structure that's built. And these ancient structures like Stonehenge and whatever were built in order to utilize that energy for whatever purpose. And some of these, they're trying to recreate a portal that they had known, seen in another part of time like these civilizations had remembered these types of structures on portal locations so this is very strange to find that here and then you have all these strange disappearances well uh, the strange disappearances the ufos obviously interested in like i honestly think when there is weird energy somewhere it just it 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 attracts weird things like it right. attracts it bizarre activity things right that's why people from michigan are so weird i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um yeah no it, it does right so it, it, you know is this is this a result of 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 lake michigan stonehenge well i mean i think things are going to get a heck of a lot weirder when we go into what we're about to go into you mean in the next episode yeah exactly because okay. i think all this stuff's connected i i agree with you because you guys we didn't even get into the weirdest part about the strange occurrences around Lake Michigan. We left out probably, well, two probably of the craziest things that we're going to get into in the next episode. And I think we'll go ahead and close this one out. Make sure to watch the next episode where we are actually going to get into what the heck is going on in Chicago, the Mothman. The Mothman. Yes. And is there other things at the bottom of Lake Michigan, John? Oh, should I even say? 
I think in the next episode, we should say. say. All right. (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, we've covered mirages, UFOs, strange winds and stones and more, and we're just getting started. Well, we've run out of time in this episode, but join us for the next one where we'll talk about strange shipwrecks as well, some Mothman sightings and other Great Lakes mysteries. And thanks for joining uh, remote viewer John Vivanco and myself, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a metaphysical show today that was out of this world.